Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Sharp Lessons Podcast. It's Monday, November 15th. Nate Jacobson here, and Ben will not be on the show today taking care of some obligations, so hopefully we'll have him back later in the week for a longer show Wednesday, but wanted to put out something for Monday, kind of a normal show, but cutting out the sweats of the week and grievances and lessons. Maybe we will do that on Wednesday or touch on the weekend that what what we learned from the past weekend, but might have a special guest later in the show, but just kind of wanted to go through some of the early line moves like we usually do on Monday with the opening bell in college football and then in the NFL with some of the notable line moves in Market Watch. So let's get right to it with some games that we probably won't talk about on Wednesday, but are worth talking about based on the line moves. So college football, Iowa State at Oklahoma, and the big news in college football on Saturday Number eight in the college football playoff rankings, Oklahoma going down at Baylor, making their chance of the college football playoff slim to none. Maybe that there's a lot of chaos at the top. The Big 12 champion still has a chance, but Oklahoma definitely controlled their own fate, it seemed like, and they lost to Baylor. Now have one loss on the season. They weren't getting much respect anyway from the college football playoff committee. So now they're hosting Iowa State, and you kind of have to wonder where the mindset is of Oklahoma off a loss where they benched Caleb Williams, where they put Spencer Rattler back in, but really did nothing offensively. And Oklahoma on Sunday opened as a a six-and-a-half-point favorite in the market, and Iowa State, a team that has gotten a lot of respect a lot all year despite not winning that many games and having a lot of losses, took the early money, and as we sit here on a Monday morning, Oklahoma – a four-point favorite. So a game that when going into the season, we probably thought this could be the first meeting between two teams that will be fighting for the Big 12 title. Turns out it lost a lot of luster with Iowa State's struggle, and Oklahoma now losing a game as an undefeated team to Baylor last week. So we'll see where that line goes from there. Maybe a game we'll touch on Friday and picks, but I agree with the line move that Iowa State – took the early money to drop the line from Iowa State plus six and a half to plus four as we sit here on a Monday morning. Another opening bell game, number 12, Wake Forest. They'll probably move up in the rankings that come out on Tuesday night, the new college football playoff rankings. But they're going to Clemson, and Clemson, an unranked Clemson team, they are the favorite. They open minus five. Now we've got that down. Some money came out of Wake Forest. Clemson minus three and a half. Wake Forest coming off a win against NC State, 45-42 this past week. Wake Forest is also undefeated in conference play. Even though they lost North Carolina, which is an ACC school, it was a non-conference game because both those teams scheduled each other 
because they weren't playing each other in the conference schedule because they weren't in the same division and they didn't have the same crossover. So Wake Forest in a good position to win the ACC Atlantic. They would do it with a win this week against Clemson. They could also win their last game of the season against Boston College, who is improving now that they have their quarterback back. So Wake Forest might want to just take care of business now and knock off Clemson, which would be a big win for the program anyways. But Clemson, we know how much they've struggled this year. And it just reflects in the line. The fact that Clemson at home, only a three-and-a-half-point favorite against Wake Forest, is pretty crazy because before the year, this line would be closer to two touchdowns, maybe even three touchdowns since the game was at Clemson. But the Clemson's power rating has dropped a ton throughout this season. Just kind of fascinated, though, because it's still their favorite, Clemson, and they're playing a team that could be top ten by the time this game is played on Saturday. Clemson from minus five down to minus three and a half. So some early money on Wake Forest. So Iowa State and Wake Forest taking some early money in games with some fascinating scenarios with Oklahoma coming off that tough loss to Baylor. And then Clemson, not very good this year, coming off a bye week. Maybe Dabo Sweeney can rally the troops and they can play spoiler for Wake Forest. Let's go on to NFL biggest line moves of the week in Market Watch and We'll start off with a Thursday night game, Patriots and Falcons. And these two teams couldn't have played any differently on Sunday. The Patriots beat the Browns, one of the games I got wrong. Patriots win 45-7. to They had a yards per play edge of 7.3 to 3.7. Truly dominating performance by the Patriots and was shocked with how well Mac Jones played against the Browns defense. I respect a lot. But the Patriots definitely look formidable. Their defense is playing better. They have more trust in Mac Jones. He's gaining confidence and feel like they're going to be a team that when they play the Bills twice later in the season, those will be games that we'll talk about and preview and could just decide the AFC East in a home game in the playoffs. So there's still a lot to play for for the Patriots, and they're playing a lot better football right now after a sluggish start to the season, although they did play good teams. But the Patriots, they're going to Atlanta, playing the Falcons. Look ahead line was Patriots minus four. Now it's minus six. I mentioned these two teams played completely different games with the Patriots dominating. Well, the Falcons were dominated. They were taking money on Sunday morning down to plus seven against the Cowboys, and they had literally no shot. The Falcons were down 36 to three at halftime. Starters were pulled by both teams late in the third quarter. So we see this often where two teams kind of play in different directions and the line shifts and from four to six makes a lot of sense. Maybe it'll go a little bit more uh, as the week goes on because it's the Thursday night game, a short week. Patriots traveling, though, to Atlanta with a rookie quarterback on the road. I think just kind of a lesson we've learned from the NFL the last few weeks has been the it's just we don't know what each team is. You can't take too much stock into one team's performance one week. We've seen a lot of big favorites lose the last three weeks, and this is setting up to be a situation where the Patriots are going to be a touchdown or more favorite in this game. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Falcons at least cover the number and maybe the Patriots kind of come back to earth after that big win against the Browns on a short week, and the Falcons, who pulled starters, are fully focused and rested and want to try to uh, put out their best effort against the Patriots because they're still in the NFC playoff race. So uh, interesting line move. Early in the week, I'd say the Falcons would be the side to look at, just fading the Patriots off their A-plus game and 
buying low, I guess, on the Falcons off their F game. So that's the big line movement of the week. A few other ones to talk about that have kind of come off key numbers or come on key numbers for week 11. First one, Colts up Bills. Look ahead line, Bills minus seven. It got down to six and a half this morning or reopened six and a half Sunday evening. And now looking at the screen, Bills back up to a seven-point favorite. So it's kind of back to where the look-ahead line. Bills get back on track last week against the Jets, or yesterday against the Jets, recording 9.1 yards per play. So Bills offense getting back on track on Sunday in Week 10 after a really lackluster performance and disappointing performance at the Jaguars in Week 9. So the Bills, I guess maybe there was a little bit of adjustment in that number from the reopen, but the Bills taking money on Monday morning. And then some other line moves to key numbers, Dolphins at Jets, Jets on the road, a favorite, two and a half to three. We mentioned the Jets when I'm talking about the Bills, and they did not look good. Their defense struggled once again. And now the question is who's going to play quarterback for the Jets because Mike White kind of came back to earth in his own. And then Zach Wilson, it might be eligible to be available for that game against the Dolphins on Sunday in the Meadowlands. So Dolphins don't really trust them to lay three on the road against anyone, but also not sure how much we can trust the Jets. And we'll have to see who plays quarterback for the Dolphins after Tua Tungabailoa couldn't start on Thursday, but he was healthy enough to back up, and he came up and led the Dolphins to an upset win over the Ravens. So we'll have to see about that game. Uh, Maybe we'll do a little bit of an update once we get some quarterback clarity later in the week. And then lastly, another line move. It was a little slight line move, but I guess up to a key number, so it means a little bit. But Washington football team at the Carolina Panthers. Panthers from minus one and a half on the look ahead all the way to minus three. And the big story here is the Panthers quarterback situation where Sam Darnold got put on IR. They signed Cam Newton, re-signed him, I guess, because they reunited him with Carolina, the franchise did. And then P.J. Walker started yesterday, but Cam was in some packages. And it sounds like they want Cam to start in this game with a full week of practice. It's also a fascinating game because Ron Rivera was the head coach of the Carolina Panthers and took Cam Newton to a, to a Super Bowl and an MVP season. He was the head coach there. So a little bit of a homecoming there for Ron Rivera and the Washington football team, who pulled off a big upset on their own. In the uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yesterday, as the Panthers mildly surprised uh, the Arizona Cardinals, although the Cardinals kind of seemed like they were throwing that game away to get prepared for a big game against the Seahawks this week by not playing Kyler Murray or DeAndre Hopkins. So just kind of fascinating. We'll see where this line goes. Now we're at Panthers minus three. Christian McCaffrey looked good. Chase Young Obviously, the star defensive end for the Washington football team was carried off the field, and they fear he tore his ACL. So maybe by the time you listen to this, we'll get confirmation about that. But he's certainly going to be not playing in this game and likely done for the season. But we'll see what happens. And if you're buying into the Cam Newton hype, I would uh, maybe pump the brakes a little bit because he came in against an Arizona team that really didn't need that game. And I think maybe they're getting a little bit too much credit early on. So I could see Washington being a bet for me by the week's end. Let's quickly go to Monday Night Football, a game that is actually a pretty interesting game between the Los Angeles Rams and San Francisco 49ers. Rams currently favored by three and a half. 
That line was as high as four earlier this week. I personally think there's line value still on the 49ers. I make the game Rams minus two and a half. Some storylines in this game, Odell Beckham Jr. signed by the Rams this week. He's going to feature in some way, not sure the extent and how much volume he's going to get. And then the bad news for the Rams, they bring in a receiver, and it looks like they have a pretty formidable uh, four, three or four guys with Vance Jefferson and Cooper Cup, of course, and then Robert Woods. But Ro- Woods tore his ACL at practice on Friday, so he's out. So maybe Odell Beckham sees a little bit more of a snap count. Maybe they have another guy there who could take over some of Robert Woods' work because Woods is more of a slot receiver, doesn't do a guy who stretches the field like Odell Beckham could do. For me, it's going to be a small bet on the 49ers. They really let me down last week against the Cardinals. I think they let a lot of people down, especially people who played them as an underdog in the contest or teased them early in the week. But I did use the 49ers in the contest where I had to pick seven sides a week at plus four. Those lock, lines locked on Wednesday, so I took plus four. I tweeted out yesterday that I'm using them in a contest where I need seven picks, and I picked them over the Minnesota Vikings plus three, so I hope the 49ers can cover because the Vikings won straight up. And if I used the Vikings, I would have already locked in a six-and-one week in the contest with the only loss the Browns, but... I still like the 49ers, and I'll, I'll make a small value bet on them tonight at plus three and a half. All right, I said that there might be a special guest on the show, and I have one. My good friend, Andy Tabor, a good friend from college, a friend who we've been talking betting for for a long time, and he's just spent the weekend in Vegas. So, Andy, it's Monday morning. How are you feeling after a, a weekend trip to Vegas during the football season? Oh, man, I feel great. I mean, I uh, am so thankful that I didn't take today off at work uh, (laughs) to jump right back in. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Vegas is definitely an interesting experience, especially uh, with the pandemic. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it it was a fantastic weekend and uh, I I was pumped to make it out there and had a great time. Yeah. So what kind of bets were you making or where were you betting in Las Vegas? And were you betting on your app or were you going to the window and having paper tickets that you were uh, either cashing after the game or throwing away or maybe even keeping as a souvenir if it lost? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it was definitely an interesting experience. I did some research on the, the front end before my trip about, you know, where the best places were to bet, where the best numbers were. I mean, for convenience sake, I stayed at the uh, Hilton at Resorts World. So Really, uh, after waking up uh, late on a you know Saturday morning, I was able to shuffle down there and make my bets in person at the window um, because, you know, for the most part, all these different hotels have followed the model of FanDuel and DraftKings in terms of getting an app out there. And the, the advertising is basically get the app so you have so you can avoid the line. And certainly for the NFL slate, the line was massive. College football, uh, it wasn't as crowded out there. Um, in my particular sports book, definitely probably one of the more square ones out there. I mean, that was another thing, transportation. If you really want to be a sharp out there and you want to look for the right lines, it's going to be tough for you to Uber around all these different books that are all over town. Um, so, you know, the way that I kind of looked at it was, hey, I'm not the sharpest, you know, tool in the shed. I'm going to get, you know, minus three and a half for, uh, you know, uh, I think it was like Hawaii UNLV. Um, unfortunately, Hawaii didn't even, you know, come close to covering that number. They ended up losing uh, outright uh, to the home team, uh, UNLV. But, you know, for the most part, I'd say my experience was if you really want to make this a gambling center trip, which mine was was definitely not, 
Uh, you need to stay at one of the premier locations for sports uh, betting, you know, Circa. Uh, it definitely comes to mind first and foremost because when I, you know, traversed over there, it was like this whole new world and whole new experience compared to the sports book uh, that I was, you know, accustomed to for all day Saturday. Yeah, I've spent some time at the uh, Superbook on a NFL Sunday, and it's definitely a recommended trip if you're an NFL fan or college football. Just go on a regular season Saturday and Sunday and just go to the sports book and hang out, watch all the games, bet on it. So still a fun time, even though a lot of states in the state you live in, Tennessee, and I live in Illinois, we do have the legal experience just from our couch. So that's kind of nice to have now, but it's still a fun trip out to Las Vegas. So on Monday's show, we usually talk about some of the bets we made and maybe we call it grievances where we kind of complain about the bets or maybe kind of review and highlight and pat ourselves on the back of some good bets you make. Were there any bets that you're were very proud of making or maybe some bad luck that you had um, in the Saturday college football or Sunday NFL? I think the bet I am uh, most proud of making uh, was on my alma mater, Missouri Tigers. Uh, <laughs> money line, I didn't need the points. Um, definitely, uh, you know, a big rivalry game for the Battle of Columbia uh, Columbia, South Carolina or Columbia, Missouri. So I was glad I was on the winning side there. Um, definitely a tight one at half, but we, we pulled it out late and then held on for dear life as South Carolina kind of came back there. Uh, that was the one I was most proud of. The one I was least proud of was, uh, taking the final game on the college basketball slate. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Pacific University was minus two and a half on the road at Hawaii. Hawaii waxed them, uh, pretty good. I think the, the final score was a 10 point, 12 point margin. So that was kind of a desperation, desperation, uh, game to chase. Um, but yeah, for the most part, you know, I was leaving early on Sunday, so I, I wasn't able to uh, put my bets in there knowing I wouldn't be able to cash those tickets. Um, so for the most part, you know, those were the two bets that stuck out the most in my mind. Um, but yeah, you know, I guess one grievance was I took the under in Boston College, Georgia Tech. And, mm. you know, it's one of the smallest games in the sports book I was looking at. So like no one was <laughs> aware of its existence at all. Uh, second play from scrimmage. I think Boston College scores a touchdown. I'm like, all right, well, this is not ideal. Kickoff to Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech takes the kickoff all the way back, seven seven quickly. Um, and I was like, well, might as well just rip this up, one, rip this ticket up right away, uh, and, and move on to the next bet. So I guess that was just something that I was on the completely wrong side of. Um, but overall, you know, enjoyable experience. Yeah, you texted me on Sunday morning that you were leaving Vegas uh, around the time that your favorite NFL team, the Washington Football Team, was going to be in victory formation against the Buccaneers, and I kind of laughed at that thinking the Buccaneers nine and a half, 10 point favorite. I know they had some injuries, but didn't expect the Washington football team to do that. So were you able to watch that game in the sports book or what was going on Sunday um, in Vegas? If you were still there? Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, another piece of advice, make sure you get down to the sports book as early as possible. I tried to get down there, you know, 20 minutes before game time and, and kick off and the, the lines were just way too long. And, um, you know, for the most part, then I had to stand in the line to check out of the hotel, which was ridiculous. So it's like add an hour to whatever you're planning on doing, um, you know, to make sure that you can get your bets in and also make sure you add an hour on the back end to make sure um, you can cash your tickets, because especially after that early slate, the lines were ridiculous, even at my, uh, you know, humble sports book in a, a non you know betting part of town, I'd say. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I had a feeling that football team might come out and at least cover. Uh, my my read on the game was the Bucks are going to get up 24 nothing. They're going to start running the clock. They're going to just play prevent. And Heineke's not the one to quit. 
uh, especially in, you know, a, a prove it season for him now that Fitzpatrick's essentially out for the rest of the year. But clearly they, uh, they, they took a lot of, um, what Ron Rivera was, uh, kind of telling them over the past course of the season, which is, you know, you have to build on success. You can't get fat on it. And they finally got it through their heads during the bye week that, Hey, we have to show up and play. And, you know, the game started out fantastic. And frankly, that last drive was probably one of the more, um, positive memories I have of being a football team fan being able to ram it down to Super Bowl champion or defending Super Bowl champions throws for well over 10 minutes. That was a, a source of pride, which put a, put a good taste in my mouth uh, leaving Vegas, uh, in addition to the uh, margarita shot I had in my Uber on the way to the airport. There we go. <laughs> going going out in style, leaving, leaving the city uh, on a good note with the Washington football team win, and they have a fascinating game. Ron Rivera's return to Carolina against Cam Newton and the Panthers as I look currently at the line moves and Mentioned earlier in the show how that line got out to three and now across the board, Panthers minus three against the Washington football team. So anything else you want to add, Andy? I'll be at that Panther uh, football team game next weekend. So oh. <laughs> if you need a correspondence from uh, the temperature there for uh, Superman's return as they're billing it, uh, feel free to call me back. But uh, I'm looking forward to that, especially now with uh, a win under our belts last week. Well, on Friday's show, we do a weather report, so I might ask for your uh, if you're checking the weather before you make the trip to Charlotte, uh, if there's anything uh, that I don't notice from the from the normal basic weather report that I might need to know. But thank you, Andy, for joining. That is our show for Monday, Sharp Lessons. We'll be back Wednesday with a preview of the big games for college football, Week 12, NFL Week 11. Talk about some situations, and I already wrote down some situations, and there's going to be a lot of them. There was a lot of upsets this week, and then week 13 next week, rivalry games. So there's some look-ahead spots. Thanks, Andy, for joining me. Hopefully we'll have Ben back Wednesday. I'm Nate. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the Monday show. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll be back Wednesday. Wednesday.